I hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you want to learn more from me, please check out my website, MikeRinald.com. In addition to all my great articles, videos, and podcast episodes, I have a ton of online CEU courses, as well as my inner circle online mentorship and community. Be sure to subscribe to my free newsletter where I'm always sending you great info and exclusive perks and discounts. Just head to MikeRinald.com to get started. Thanks so much. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we have an amazing episode with two very special guests this week. We have Greg Robbins and Tony Bonvecchio from thestrengthhouse.com joining us to answer some awesome questions from you guys on powerlifting, on mass development, on self-myofascial release, a bunch of stuff. It's a great episode, so these guys are here to join us. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Welcome back, everybody, to a very, 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 very special episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. We have two awesome guests here, two uh, uh, amazing strength coaches, but more importantly, amazing people. That's all. I think that's how I, I'm judging everybody now. Is that you can't be a really smart or awesome therapist or strength coach or student or anything else unless you're an amazing person first. So right. So I'm getting off topic here, but amazing people, <laughs> guys. I've learned a ton from. But we have Greg Robbins hey. and Tony Bonvecchio hey. uh, from thestrengthhouse.com. These guys are studs. I get to work with them every week. I've learned so much from these guys over the years. They are awesome strength coaches that um, have a ton to share, but they wanted to uh, join us on an episode. One, because you know we're friends and we just wanted to include our friends in here, but two, is, you know, I think you guys are going to get a lot to learn. So we got some cool strength and conditioning questions. I got Dan Pope and Dave Tilly in here, as usual, right? Lenny McCrean is still on sabbatical. <laughs> <He's gone. laughs> you can't have a sick day on podcast sure. film day. <laughs> yeah. just, you're out for a month. <laughs> So, but I'm here. I got my Strength House t-shirt. I think nobody fills in the t-shirt as well as I do. I am a walking billboard. I am a walking billboard. I think this is bad for your branding if I wear this, personally. But, but, uh, but anyway, but we are here. We got Keisha, what the heck, from Regis. Um, she's going to be asking us some good questions. But first, so you guys, thestrengthhouse.com, that's like your home base where you guys have everything. I know you guys are starting a podcast. I know you got a bunch of courses. And just tell us real quick about you guys. They, they're doing their podcast live, which we got to do a little bit. We got to play with that too. But they're doing it live and then recording it. But why don't you guys tell us about the podcast? Yeah, so the podcast uh, just started. Um, we're filming it once per week and we're going to make the, the whole thing live on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, so you can follow along right there as we record it. But if you miss it, every Friday it'll be up on uh, YouTube. And iTunes, awesome. Stitcher, wherever, yeah. wherever you can find your podcast. Yeah, I, I, I did. The, I, I did the same thing. I'm pretty sure it's all just iTunes, but yeah, but ours is everywhere too. But but and what are you guys going to be doing on the podcast? Um, you can talk. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, uh, we're going to talk about all the different things that we enjoy doing, you know, as far as coaches and lifters. Um, but we're also going to have uh, a bunch of awesome guests coming up. So keep an eye out for a lot of other great coaches and people to get information from. Um, and we just want to try to keep it real. You know, there's a lot of podcasts out there that I think are, are aimed uh, towards coaches coaching other coaches, which is awesome. But 
I think we really enjoy just passing it on to lifters, you know, because I, I still think there are a lot of, uh, like, people interested in training for maximal strength who just don't know where to get their information. So those are the people who are, we are targeting. I, li- I like that. I think you're right. Sure. There is a void there. It's, it's You're right. Online coaches want to coach coaches for some reason. That's a, that's, that's a good point. That's interesting. So um, Awesome. Yeah, so looking forward to that. So you can find info from it at thestrengthhouse.com. You guys are also doing a bunch of live stuff, right? Like, what do you guys do live? Um, as far as uh, like workshops, yeah, like yeah, don't you don't you have some cool yeah, workshops? Yeah, so we're doing our, our big three uh, seminar slash workshop has been going on for three three years now. Big three for three. Big three, yeah, <laughs> uh, definitely in the double digits. We've hit a few different states, uh, different countries. So we're bringing it to Austin, Texas next. Nice, uh, March eighteen. Yeah. Oh, it's coming up in March. All right, that's yeah, that's good. Nice. March. Okay. Um, yeah, it's going to be fun. That's definitely a city that we've been wanting to visit. But yeah. the seminar is great. I think what makes it different than a lot of other seminars, and at least in like the powerlifting realm, is it's really hands-on. So there's definitely lecture built in throughout the day. Um, but I guarantee you'll never have gone to a seminar where you get as much hands-on and one-on-one attention and actually learning how to do the squat, the deadlift, and the bench press. That's You're great. So it's not just for coaches. I mean, I'm, uh, coaches can get a ton from just learning, you know, their, you know, their technique, their coach cueing. You know, the, I'm sure you talk pro- programming and stuff like that. But this is even for people that are just enthusiasts that want to get better at their, their big three as well, right? It's usually split, I'd say. And we've had some where I think there's more just – people there trying to get better at their own lifting than even coaches nice um, coaches will definitely get a lot out of it i think it, it kind of draws a lot of the pe- i think we end up coaching a lot of coaches too uh, like yeah. a lot of coaches who take their own training more seriously right reach out to some of our guys so you get that blend they're like they're selfishly but then also learning stuff that they can use with their uh, awesome yeah sweet. so check them out the strength house it's the or there's a the in there right there's a the the pretty good uh tony's got his own website too bonvec b-o-n-v-e-c that is correct bonvec you can check it out but also the strength is where you're going to get all that cool stuff so Keisha, let's start cool. it up Alex from Long Island says, Hey Mike, as a physical therapy student, I love the podcast. I have a question that is more specific to powerlifting. Are there any long-term disadvantages to deadlifting with a mixed grip, one hand supinated, one hand pronated? Since this is sports specific, would you recommend training like this all the time to reinforce motor patterns and develop supporting muscles? Are there any drawbacks in terms of muscular development, traps and lats? that will affect scapular positioning and could create imbalances in clenoral, humeral, internal, external all right, well, so That's yeah, a lot of yeah, yeah, I like it. So, PT students, so I mean, look, I'm a PT too. You guys always, that's a ton. You, you're taking a mixed grip very far there conceptually with uh, arthrokinematics and stuff like that. But what do you guys do? You, are you guys, do you, are you pro mixed grip? Uh, tell us your stance. What's your stance on mixed grip for deadlift? I'll let you go first because you've got the best deadlift in the room. Okay. Yeah, well said. What's your PR right now? Uh, 685. 685? Yeah, me too. Wow. Yeah. Kilos, right? <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. All right, so mixed grip. Uh, mixed grip, I mean, yeah, I can't say I've ever, you know, thought about it that in-depth. <laughs> um, so I've always attacked it more just from a general, like, balance standpoint. So I usually I advise everyone to go double overhand until the bar is too heavy because that's going to build their, their grip strength up. And once we get to that point, uh, then we'll use the switch grip. Um, I mean, I guess a lot of people don't realize the reason the switch grip helps 
which is kind of a fun fact, is the bar is rolling in your hand. So when you have it double overhand, the bar wants to roll the same direction, so that's why it gets harder to grip. It's just gonna roll right to your fingertips. When you switch it, you're twisting the bar in two opposite directions, so that's why it's so much easier to hold. Um, from that standpoint, if you're new to lifting or you haven't like built up a, a favorable side that you like to, to pull it, it's best to probably just switch every set and to just keep that balanced. Um, you might find eventually like that you have one side that feels stronger than the other, and then you could just switch on all your warm-up sets and save that for, for your heaviest set. Um, but I, I like that. Go. That's that's a good way of adding it. Uh, you know, just to clarify that is, you know, if you have a predominant way that you like to do it, it's, it's get your balance in your in your work work up sets, yeah. and then in your actual when you're loading it max, get to your heavy grip. I like that. That's a good point. Yeah, and and a lot of times we'll do like heavier sets up front, and then a bunch of lighter stuff afterwards, and the volume can get pretty heavy. Um, and so once we get to that lighter volume work, I'm totally okay with guys and girls wearing straps too, just keeping it double overhand and actually taking some of the exhaustive grip work out of it. So yeah, um, I, I'd say this is useful, but I do try to keep people double overhand as much as possible. And, and you're keeping double overhand because you want that grip. You want them to gain that strength. Yeah, yeah, I want the grip strength, and then when we put the straps on, going double overhand keeps your arms longer, and I think it teaches you a, a better deadlift position. Gotcha, so, all right, that's good to know. So you you almost prefer the double overhand, then, it sounds like. Yeah. I don't want to put so words like in people mouth. that can do a hook grip or something like that, I think they have a slight advantage if they can stand it, because yeah. they can shorten the range of motion of the lift. Nice. Tony, any negatives for uh, mixed grip? Uh, I think if you choose the wrong overhand-underhand combination, for sure. We've spoken about this before for baseball players, and the test that I always use with people is, uh, you know, go uh, palms up and see which hand you have more wrist supination with. Right. So you can see with me, my left hand, I don't have much supination. So right. if I tried to go with this as my underhand, I'd have a really t- uh, hard time getting to the bar. Right. And what's a really easy way to create fake supination is elbow flexion. Right. So if I'm lifting a heavy weight with flexed <laughs> elbows... That's that's dangerous. That's not you know, going to work. That could lead to injury. So, right. um, you know, I could very well say, oh, okay, I'm going to go switch every set, but every time I use my left hand as my underhand, I'm predisposing myself to injury. So sometimes yeah. you're you're stuck with the limitations sense. that you have. Yeah. So, so so sometimes there's a negative if you have a physical limitation. So, and I think we, you and I have talked about this, me personally, but you know, baseball, I still throw a lot. You know, even at my elderly age, um, I, I don't have full elbow extension here. So I always kind of show everybody, you know, this is this is my if this is my mix grip. If I were just to turn that, you can see how much forward my right elbow is. I don't really know if you guys can even appreciate that, like on YouTube. If if you can see that here, but I have no chance. I'm, my the bar is pointing to right field for me. I, I'm, I'm I can't do it that way. I don't have the elbow extension to do it. So yeah, so I, everybody's unique, I guess. So. so that's just a quick test that I use with people. Turn both palms yeah. up if there's a, a glaring discrepancy. Uh, if you can't turn that hand all the way over, you probably shouldn't be using that as your yeah. hand side. I like that. So no, and supination. Then even me, you can see my lack of. I can't get that as as, yeah. as far down. My lack of uh, extension. So awesome. Good. Yeah. Good answer, guys. All right. What's next, Keisha? Mitch from Las Vegas says, "Hi guys. I wanted to hear your opinion on self myofascial release before a workout. I've heard both sides." One, don't do it before a workout as you lose neural drive to the muscles, which can hurt power output and calm you down. The other is saying it's okay because it helps with range of motion that you need prior to a workout and boosts blood flow. What do you think? What do you guys think? So, 
self-myofascial before a workout. So uh, interesting negatives, I guess, like potential negatives of it. I mean, you guys use self-myofascial release before all your, your training programs? Yeah. If I'm not running late, then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a true power lifter right there. <laughs> I, I got to say, like, one thing we talk about all the time is not, you know, being careful to overanalyze stuff. And you just, you know, if you feel good after you do self-myofascial release before you train, then go for it. If you don't feel good, then save it for later if, if you think it's beneficial. Um, but, you know, to have that at the back of your head all the time, like, it's just going to decrease my, I mean, if it did, we're probably talking about yeah. Yeah. micro units here yeah, uh, yeah. Difference. yeah. <laughs> so. and, it, and it's also probably something that dissipates rather quickly if I, 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 the, I think that when the research shows stuff like that decreases your ability to generate force it's usually like immediately so in the research project they do it and then check their force right I mean by the time you do that then you do some static stretching maybe some dynamic warm up and then you're doing maybe some movement drill whatever it may be that, that's probably even dissipated right there you know so yeah definitely yeah i mean i think yeah, powerlifting if we look at it it doesn't it doesn't have a great relationship with with flexibility anyways i mean you're gonna lose <laughs> some of your movement and if you if you're not naturally someone that's a little bit more mobile by putting too much time into your flexibility and things like that i think you are taking away from you know what you could do strength wise training um right so it's a balance i think yeah, that, you just kind of stay well rounded. I would say. I, I, it makes sense too. A lot of people, everybody wants to be functional. We get on this function bandwagon, right? Functional doesn't always mean maximum strength, though. So it depends on what your goal is. Like if you're training for a powerlifting meet, something like that. I mean, then then yeah. I mean, you don't want to have, you know, like a nice stabilized like neutral spine while you're benching and stuff like that. I mean, there's 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 different things you can do. There's a trade off sometimes between functional training and maximum strength, right? I think. Stripping that down even lower level here is I think we talk about that a lot when we talk about balance training and stuff. So, you know, like neuromuscular training like that. Like, yes, like if you try to do something on an unstable surface, it does help with neuromuscular control. There's benefits of using unstable surfaces, but you're not going to get max strength. Right, so it's it's you gotta you gotta pick and choose where you want. I, I, I don't, it's not appropriate for everybody, right? So some people self myofascial release is what they need, I, but I don't know if everybody does. Tony, does it change in? Does that opinion change when you move from a power lifter to say an athlete? I think so because you know there there is sometimes a trade off between maximal strength and movement quality, and you can't really make that trade off with team sport athletes because there's not a single sport where maximum strength is the most important thing. You know, and, and most of the team sports and powerlifting too are big, you know, extension based, like toned up uh, sports where you, you are in those positions a lot. So I think to mitigate some of that muscular tone, a little bit of foam rolling at the beginning is useful. Right, yeah. So there's a time and a place. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. You guys agree? Sure. <laughs> it's got to be a tool. I feel like foam rolling is this thing that's gotten so popular. It's like, why are you doing it? You know what I mean? Right. Maybe, I mean, I'm not sure why that has really ideas come around either because I think most of the research shows that foam rolling doesn't really affect like strength and power right so it's more static stretching that, that does that um, the other thing is like maybe if you're limited in your ability to squat to depth maybe you do need to do some static stretching that's going to improve your performance and longevity over time um, but I think sometimes people are like oh, I need to give a foam roll or I got to warm up 
like, well, I don't know if that's the best use of your time, like you're saying. Right. It's got to be a tool for a specific reason. And I think we've all seen it as a crutch, too. You almost see some people that are paralyzed, like, like, uh, like I'm running behind, but I have to do 20 minutes of self-myofascial release before I get my lift in. And you're like, whoa, man. If like, you know, like you said, if you have time, right? I mean, I hate to say it, but yesterday we had a blizzard up here. So I'm, I'm dating the podcast. But we had a blizzard up here. I got a, I got a lift in. I, I didn't do a lot of self-myofascial release. I was trying to get home. Right? You know, like, like, like I, I'm okay. I'm like, I'm, I, think, I think I'm okay. You know, so like. We talked about that in the first episode of our podcast. Like, what what are some things that have nothing to do with actual physical strength that hold people back? And one of them is like always waiting for the perfect scenario or trying to create the perfect scenario. It's like I can't squat if I don't foam roll head to toe for forty five minutes beforehand. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And like, if if that workout sucks and they blame everything on right the fact that they didn't get to warm up properly, right. And that's just not the case. That's just being mentally weak. Yeah, yeah, oh. t- totally agree. Oh. Totally agree. Keisha, what do we got? What's our third one? Joey from Texas says, Hey, everyone, I am a high school athlete and trying to get the most out of my body. Do you have any tips on how to put on more mass? I am in the school gym a few days a week but can't seem to get bigger. All right, like so, high school He's athletes. Austin, Texas, you should go to the seminar. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's is, there, is, is that the, the city? The number one thing. It just says Texas. Well, we do at every seminar is we, we go and get barbecue. So <laughs> right. you've never really had like authentic Texas. Oh, barbecue, Texas so. barbecue is pretty yeah, good, right? So hey, so if all right, so you guys are going to Austin. Austin. All right, I need some tweets. Tweet out these guys. Tell them where to get the best barbecue in Austin, Texas. It's supposed to be the best. Yeah, it's Texas is good. All right, so very typical high school. <laughs> Very typical high school athlete, right? Trying to put on mass. You know, uh, let, let's assume he's gone through puberty, right? Let's assume that he's in a position to actually put on mass. Because if if you if you haven't, then that's not going to help, right? Like that's that's going to be your main issue. So let's assume that's there. What do you tell your high school athletes that are trying to put on mass? And then I'm going to slowly back out because I have, I have the least mass <laughs> in the camera right now. Yeah, three words: eat more food. <laughs> Most of the time. I, I don't know if I've ever run into a situation whether you want to gain weight or lose weight like the, the the formula is the same if you're not gaining weight you're probably not eating enough food and if you're not losing weight then you're probably eating too much food or you're not moving enough in that in that uh, scenario but a lot of times I think high school kids are shocked to see how much food it might take to actually gain weight right um, what about quality of food too, though? I mean, if you're eating McDonald's and stuff, is yeah. that helping you with mass? Um, Probably. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I, think, I mean, I guess so maybe, that mass mass, so maybe that was a bad example. Maybe that bad example. A bag of chips. Body or something. Mass. Maybe <laughs> body mass. Yeah. Well, I mean, so if you're someone that struggles with gaining weight, then I'm gonna also probably assume that you're not gonna put on bad weight super fast. Um, like my body type growing up, it's very easy to gain weight, and therefore. If I didn't watch what kind of food I was eating, then I would put on, you know, more fat than lean mass. But most people that are saying I can't gain weight, I can't gain weight, probably need to toe that line between getting in all of their nutrition requirements and then having some food available that they actually like to eat and it's easier to eat. I mean, it's tough to eat right. vegetables, chicken, and rice right. to, to put on weight when you're 16 years old. Right. I mean, Tony does all of our nutrition consults. I'll speak to this. But. Yeah. I see a lot of food logs that just um, are not enough meals. And uh, the, the biggest change that we make up front is like making 
good quality food more convenient because there's always that trade-off between food quality and convenience. But if you can make great food convenient by like doing more like super shakes in the blender where you get a ton of protein and you get a ton of carbs, let's say from like bananas or something, but you can also stuff in some spinach and sneak in, you know, some blueberries and, and healthy stuff in a format that's both portable and drinkable. Like just adding one to two super shakes a day for young athletes can sometimes be the thing because yeah. they just get more high quality food. And you can put a ton of calories a ton in the shake. Yeah. You know, and, and like the actual sitting and cooking and chewing and then cleaning, <laughs> like that's a big long process that a lot of busy kids just don't have the ability to do. Point, so you yeah. gotta find ways to, to make that food more convenient and stuff that you can grab and go. And, and the fact that most of these kids have know two parents to help them with buying the groceries and the cooking and the cleaning i just don't think there's any excuse right but a lot of it that is talking to the parents and being like hey can you help yeah or, or like uh teach the teach your kid to, to cook a couple dishes teach your kid to be able to make these things themselves so then they're able to empower themselves to do it yeah it's, it's to me it's education a lot of times people kids don't even realize what they don't realize what proper nutrition is at all but they don't realize how much they need to eat there so you know tony mentioned it briefly here but like a food log is sometimes like startling you look at it and you're like oh i mean you're having you have 1800 calories here there's no way you're gonna you know ever you know do that so food logs powerful you know going back to the shake we you know we we advise our athletes all the time to load that thing so we might we might put a tablespoon of olive oil or you know coconut oil or avocado something like that you know good quality fat so I mean, you, you put that in there all of a sudden again it just makes that beverage just it just it just makes it easier so yep. you know it's, like it's Greg said neat. like uh, the, the food log helps open their eyes to like how little they're actually eating yeah you do hear a lot of kids be like oh I eat so much like I'm so full all the time but then you have them write it down and look at it objectively and then they're like oh yeah like I haven't eaten breakfast in two months <laughs> <laughs> I've had a pop tart for yeah. breakfast and that's it yeah yeah good point that makes sense i mean i think it comes down to that you know like anything how bad do you want it to like usually in our experience the the athletes that, that really do want it and are committed are the ones walking in with coolers bringing a cooler to school right. do whatever it takes to get better and when you start to get the people that are telling you oh i can't gain weight i can't gain weight it's like you have to have to overcome that attitude of like they're already defeating themselves too so yeah um, you know, just like you work hard in the weight room, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to get a little uncomfortable in the kitchen as well. Yeah, and 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 sometimes quote of the episode. Sometimes eating is, I mean, it's it's prescription almost to an extent, right? It's you know, it's maybe it's not always pleasurable, but you know, like I, I used to work with a ton of like WWE guys, and we'd go to lunch, and you know what? I feel like they all eat the same thing for lunch every day. It's two chicken breasts, a giant thing of broccoli, and a giant thing of rice. Every day, like that's like I know so many WWE guys that that's what they eat for lunch every day, right? So like like it's not always because it's the most tasteful thing, but it's it's because that's what you need that type of thing. So. Athletes do well with routine, right? You know, a lot of times we preach like food variety to our weight loss clients, right, to keep them interested in eating. But sometimes weight gain clients need just routine and to take the thought out of it, right? You know, I'm doing this every single day. So it's just easy to prepare and stick with. Yeah, I'm eating this chicken breast because I'm trying to put on weight, not because I love chicken. You know, you got to think of it that way. Right. Good. Awesome. Great. Great. Great job, guys. Thanks so much yeah, for joining us. Yeah, I mean, thank you. Round of round of applause. If you're at home doing that, I like it. Alexa, make a round of applause.
We're gonna try this game. Sorry, I clapped with my hands. <laughs> <laughs> I clapped my hands. We have Alexa here, a champion, but I'm just trying to turn on all your cha- your Alexas at home as well. Uh, but uh, anyway, thanks so much. Thank you so much for Greg Robbins. Tony Bonvecchio from thestrengthhouse.com are here for uh, this special episode. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. Awesome episode, studs. Uh, Check out their new podcast. Check out their upcoming workshops that they're doing. And uh, we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks so much. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeReynolds.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeReynolds.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.